Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneur network.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. Welcome to Business Women Australia podcast, the podcast for ambitious women who are serious about business success and leadership development, keen to increase their knowledge and skills. Welcome to episode one of Business Women Australia podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. According to my guest, she believes that being successful in business is the combination of a powerful vision that has value, the ability to make this real, and the resolve to keep going. Joining me today is Lynn Hawkins. Lynn is the Director of Business Women Australia, and since first coming on board as an angel investor and advisor, she has loved seeing how the collective is fast becoming one of the most active and influential groups for women in business. Her career spans over 25 years in business strategy, entrepreneurship, marketing, and general management, and she has held senior roles with KPMG, Telstra, HHG Legal Group, and HLB Manjud. And she believes her career has been preparing her for the work she does now and loves so much with Business Women Australia. No longer just advising BWA, she is now actively involved on a day-to-day basis in leading the national strategic growth and business development for BWA. Now on today's show, Lynn is going to share the Business Women Australia journey and how their experience helps other businesses, the importance and flexibility in planning and implementation while aligning with vision and mission, as well as understanding the steps in scaling for growth, a lean canvas, self-funding, bootstrapping versus investors and finance options and so much more. So welcome to the show, Lynn. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Look, I'm so excited to uh, to connect with you today. We've got so many exciting things in store for Business Women Australia podcast. So tell us a little bit about the journey, BWA, and of course, how this experience can help other businesses. I certainly will enjoy telling that story. It's uh, it's a good one. I've, I've been in, uh, involved with Business Women Australia uh, in its early uh, evolution. It started out in WA as a coffee club, originally established by Sue Rowe, and then Jennifer Rose Bryant, my business partner, took that over in 2011. And it was during the time, Amory, when there wasn't a lot of opportunity for meetups. You know, it was the, before the time of the online platforms that really mm-hmm. uh, are now so amazing at connecting people. And it was a it really was a gap in the market and um, Jennifer and Sue did a great job at connecting women who were running their own businesses, many of them who were um, looking for, you know, a sisterhood to give them support and ideas and encouragement and friendships. And the interesting thing is, is that over the years, I used to send uh, a lot of my team members along there to learn the art of of uh, socialising mm-hmm. in a business environment and networking. Yes. And getting the confidence to talk about themselves 
you know, outside of their technical area. And, um, and they did a great job at doing that. But we saw very early that when I got on board as an advisor uh, around 2014-15 that, that the markets flooded with networking groups. Yes. And there was a real need for something uh, more substantial around um, business development, professional development, and personal improvement. And um, we sort of mapped out what that could look like, took it to the members and said, what are you looking for? How can we do something that's different? What do we need to be doing to, to really add value and to help women be successful in business? Uh, and we came up with this different concept. And I think we are doing something very different. Our model mm. is very pragmatic. Uh, and it's very hands-on. We don't just socialise and network hand around business cards. We have an educational element to everything that we do. And uh, that's been really powerful. And the women are loving it. Mm -hmm. I think also, too, having that environment in which we can learn and grow with other women is, is it particularly important, especially around key skills and areas that women find that they need to have that additional confidence in and, and having that set core group of women to support one another I think is is incredible and of course I came and visited with Jennifer at the last Melbourne event and absolutely was run we had a, a specific core lesson which was LinkedIn and my colleague Bonnie Power she spoke and it really was an incredible group of women who came to that event so certainly uh, from first-hand experience uh, agree with what you've said it really is quite a unique environment environment it, it is and um, it's a lot of fun too. Yes. a thing that I've noticed is that quite different to a lot of the other institutional kind of environments that I you know have learned a lot of my craft in you know they've been quite they're quite serious and we have a lot of fun at Business Women Australia events and women really do enjoy not having to worry about asking those silly questions or you're putting their hand out and saying, "Look, I really need help with this. I can't get this going." Or, and we have it, and we have a lot of a lot of good times associated with it. And that's where the friendships are actually are quite powerful, and the collaborations that come out of our events, mm -hmm. where women join forces and actually go on to do some pretty awesome things together, is one of the really exciting benefits that have come out of this journey. So, in 2014, 15. You know, we sort of mapped out a very different look to Business Women Australia and, and I said to Jennifer, look, I'm happy to put some investment capital in to grow this as a national brand. Let's mm -hmm. look at what we could do really providing a link for women across professions, across sectors and across industries so that, you know, we can start bridging some of those silos that were, you know, I could see were happening. You know, you've got women in legal, women in technology, uh, women in finance, women in resources, and it'd take a social enterprise to bridge some of those leading women together and, mm -hmm. and see how we can collaborate and share best practices. So that's been a part of what's driven us as well. Absolutely. It was interesting, the people that I was sitting at the table and having lunch with, we had legal, we had um, someone who is her own business, but with, with children and uh, choir, banking. It was just incredible, the diversity that we had sitting around the table and the knowledge that was sitting around the table was just incredible. Let's talk a little bit about the vision that BWA has for the podcast because I know that the women that we've got coming up that are going to be featured as guest expert they really do have a diverse level of expertise to share don't they 
They sure do. Our um, our knowledge expert levels of membership um, comprise women who are real thought leaders and influencers within their own space. And so we're going to have a lot of fun, I think, with this podcast series, Amory, and we're really excited about working with you to really provide that platform where they can share their knowledge where they can, where women can um, tune in, and men too. Goodness mm. gracious, we'd love to hear the guys tuning in and, and learning from our experts because they really do know their stuff, and they'll be covering all sorts of amazing topics from resilience through to change management, through to um, taking yourself from a, an industry expert through to being an influencer, leadership development, business skills, and growth strategies. You name it, we'll be uh, trying to cover as much as we can over the next series with these. Amazing Amazing women showcasing their talent. Absolutely, and I certainly can't wait to connect with them and feature them on upcoming shows. So, Lynn, let's dive in then to the importance and flexibility when we're talking about planning and implementation, and of course, aligning with vision and mission. This is obviously something that BWA did, and we can certainly learn from your experience and implement that across our businesses as well. So, share a little bit more the importance in flexibility. This is really something that we've recognised. You know, we sat with our leadership team and some strategic advisors early in the piece to really map out what it's going to look like. So to work out our vision to be the number one business women's connection across sectors, across professions and across industries. Being a really strong voice of women is really important to us. And we thought, well, well, how does that then turn into our mission to be able to give value and support for women across professional development, personal development and business development. What's that look like and what are women looking to be delivered to meet their needs? Mm -hmm. So we ran a survey um, and we took that data. We really um, did some navel-gazing to around where is their fantastic services being provided that we don't need to replicate? Where's the gap in the market? So it's very important, I think, first and foremost for all businesses to recognise that it's no good to just go in and be just another one of those businesses. You want to be the business that's actually identifying where the gap is, where the problems are that need to be solved, where the issues are that need to be resolved and where the help is that you need to deliver. Mm -hmm. And we really are very conscious of that all the time. So we had a fairly clear idea and we started to roll out a new business model and we tested it in the market over here in WA with the view that if we had a broad framework that we would actually then roll that out across each of the states. And one of the things we learned very quickly is that you need to be very nimble and you need to be very flexible and you can't be too fixed on what you think is the right format or the right idea. So we recently ran some discovery sessions in Brisbane and we've been running um, quite a few circle events in Melbourne and getting input and feedback from uh, everyone who attends our events in our circle meetings Mm -hmm. to look at how we can actually keep designing the model and designing the delivery of a program that's constantly meeting the needs of who it is that we're attracting to our, our brand and our business. And it's looking quite different across each of the states because, as it should, this is the, the the social enterprise that is for women, about women, and made and comprised of women directing and leading it at every level of the organisation. It's not the Jennifer and Lynn show. Mm. It's an enterprise that will look as women want it to look, where it is that they're actually inv- involved with us, and they'll be defining how it will progress. So... Flexibility is key, and I think this is something that's a really important message to all businesses operating in today's fast-moving environment, 
is that you need to stay very close to your clients, to your customers, because at the end of the day, they are the ones who you're solving a problem with or, or for or, and that you're working with and get, got to collaborate with. The, the days of creating a product or a service and marketing it well is... Mm isn't enough you know you need to be flexible and adaptable and meeting those needs constantly so it's it's a great time for business development great time for strategic thinking yes and you know i think about theodore levitt you know and his view about marketing myopia and we said it's no good just to produce a better mousetrap i remember learning that you know in the 80s at university and it's never been more relevant Mm. than it is today one of the key things that you mentioned too around the interesting the results that you're finding the feedback across different state to state now for for some of us we may not have clients so much across state to state but there might be across different demographics you really never stop doing that process do you it's always important as you said to be able to check back in to make sure that what you're providing is still very relevant and applicable to your your database to your customers absolutely right and Mm. You know what this what this business will look like for women in the next five years is going to be for sure very different than yes. what it looks like today. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I think you know as leaders in business we've got to recognise that we're going to be adapting, changing, and modifying, transitioning our businesses all the time to stay relevant and to stay valuable. It's exciting. And I mean, when you think about business in the last 10 years, it's, it's evolved so much. And with technology and the opportunities that technology brings, there's no reason why um, it's going to stop. If not, it's going to be changing even more rapidly. Yeah. Keeping on top of that is going to be the challenge. Just something I do want to point out, and I think this is really key, and I'm sure everyone's picked up on it, but certainly worth mentioning again. One of the things that you've said around the flexibility is in planning and implementation. That's to ensure that you remain viable and relevant to your customers. But what I would imagine stays very firm is the vision and the mission that both you and Jennifer and the leadership team have uh, put into place, yes? That's right. And again, your vision needs to be fairly broad. You know, when we first sat down, we had we had some ideas around our vision that mm. when I look back at it, they were early versions of, of people coming together too. Yes. Um, Jen and I had never been in business together before. We'd been colleagues, we'd mm-hmm. been friends and... It was interesting to come together and then bring other people involved to say, well, we have our own vision and that is to be helping women achieve business success. Very broad, very broad vision. But how do we turn that into, a, you know, a corporate vision and how do we turn it into a, a corporate mission? So we, we uh, actually invited a roundtable discussion around some of our leaders and women in business that we really valued. And we asked one of our uh, leadership coach members, Liz McCoy to come and help us work on that business vision and our mission and it was very interesting because she spent more time with us actually mapping out our values. That was when we realised that we had this shared values base amongst the group that then when we went back to look at our vision and our mission it became a lot easier so we spent we really dived down in our values and anyone who comes to one of our circle events we'll get a real look at what our values look like. We really share them at every meeting. You know, we might even pick out a value and talk about it in depth, but it really is around that inclusion, about acceptance, about being committed to continuous learning and a journey of of really being supportive and positive. So it's a great vision to be 
a national collective of women as the number one collective of women who are serious about business success. And our mission is obviously very much around helping business women achieve their goals and dreams with the pragmatic, the realistic and the valuable support that will help them so that they can get the skills and the knowledge to grow and connect with a community of influence. Mm. So it's a great, there's a lot in that mission. And in, in each of those mission you know, elements, we, we pull that out and then that actually forms what our strategic intent is. So, you know, you look at it and you say, well, okay, if our, if our mission is to help women achieve their goals and dreams, then we need to understand what those goals and dreams are. So we've actually partnered with Core Data, Australia's national marketing research company, to actually run out an annual survey of women in business. And we'll be actually getting that survey out very soon and we'll be going through our social media networks and anyone who subscribes and follows follows us. We've got about 10,000 advocates across all our channels now. So we're really looking for a great sample of the voice of women and we'll be encouraging women to... You know, let us know what their thoughts are based on the questions that Kristen and I have pulled together. So uh, it's exciting times. And then from that, that information will provide us with the data that we need to keep designing and developing a program that goes beyond and reaches to as many women Mm -hmm. as we can help that are looking for, you know, what it is that we can deliver to them. So. Uh, it's exciting time. Oh, it absolutely is. And I cannot, you know, agree more around understanding what your core values are. Because when you're clear on that, you're going to attract other women who have similar core values. And so important. And from a you know business point of view, you've got to understand your core values because it is also needs to be apparent in the staff that you attract to come on board to support you and continue to deliver the quality of service or, or products to your clients as well. So certainly, certainly very important. Let's talk about understanding the steps for scaling growth. Now, whether we want to go a lean canvas, self-funded bootstrapping way, or if we want to get investors involved and have other finance options. Let's talk a bit more about that. Well, that's a, um, it's such an important area around business scaling. And it's one that I think a lot of business people in general don't necessarily think through Uh, well enough you know they might go looking for um, investment from uh, angel investors and shareholders and then find that that a lot of their time is spent then having to negotiate you know steps and and outcomes and ideas with people now that have a vested interest because they've invested in their business Mm -hmm. Um, unless you're lucky enough to get silent shareholders I think that you know you really need to think through those kinds of issues I know that it's For Jen, you know, for me to come on board as an angel investor and then, you know, I'm invested fully in this now with my money, my time. So it's it's a real challenge for her because she's had a different way of running her business. She's been running her own business for so long. Then all of a sudden you have to come to an agreed pathway. You have to have a shared view on on where the money is going to be invested and how you do things. So that in itself is a learning journey that I think a lot of uh, entrepreneurs that go to the next level have to adjust to and learn how to work with in the team environment and how to check in with each other. That's a really, it's a real leadership growth journey as much as a business growth journey, that one. So when you are thinking about financing and it is your own business and if you do want to maintain the control of your business, the first option and the cheapest way of getting money 
really is through bank finance. Yeah. And and most accountants will tell you that if you've got money in in your business uh, in your mortgage, if there's money there, I mean mortgage home rates are the cheapest ways of getting access to to capital and to finance. Yes. Um, depending on if you've got a supportive partner, if you have a partner and they don't mind you putting the, the house up and the investment properties into double mortgage if need be, that is the cheapest money to, to finance and grow a business. And a lot of investors will actually look at you and if you haven't done that, we'll ask you why. If, you if you're not prepared to back yourself, why should I back true. you? True, yes, true. So it's a really interesting conversation that I've heard, you know, sitting around the tables of, of the accounting and law firms where, you know, you'd have to have a pretty good reason why you haven't actually delved into your own, own finances. The other way, um, which is quite interesting, is the crowdfunding for projects is great on various platforms, but now there's the legislation's just come out for equity crowdfunding, but there are quite a few hurdles that you have to do around due diligence and governance. You need to be really ready for that, and it's probably going to cost you about t 10 or 20 grand worth of professional fees to get your business up to scratch so that you wow. can have your business ready mm -hmm. for a, an, an IM, or it's just like an IM, it's, a, it's sort of a proposal that goes out through a crowd a equity crowdfunding platform that has the license to raise that money with you. Yes. Um, so you would need to be looking for probably, I, I think, 500,000 to really make that worthwhile. The other way of actually looking at raising capital, of course, is by going for an IPO uh, and listing it, but you'd need to be having a pretty amazing company with a lot of potential for global growth, you know, whether or not you're in a tech or fintech, you know, that kind of space that's very hot at the moment mm -hmm. for, for investors. Uh, and anything, of course, to do with, I think, food, agriculture, the world is going to be a very hungry place. So those areas and, of course, energy, clean energy is going to be a key <laughs> key opportunity for businesses. So um, I am digressing a bit, but it's hard not to digress when you're talking about finance because if you're looking for finances, if you're looking to get other people involved, you have to have a business that has potential for growth. And there are ways of scaling it. For us, you know, we're, we're really trying to grow business women in Australia based on it becoming positive cash flow so that it, it funds itself. We're bootstrapping it ourselves. Yes. And we're also, you know, very lucky we've got some corporate partners very generously supporting the vision and the mission because of their commitment to women in business. And we are looking, of course, for more corporate partners uh, around the various states that want to do some collaborations with us and see, you know, even providing um, venues and, and uh, being hosts for events, that would be fantastic because that really does take some of the pressure off the cost of putting on these educational events. Speak a little bit about collaborations and what BWA is doing. Why I ask that is that I've had a couple of conversations with businesses in our local area and one in particular is a gentleman who's very much uh, you know, centred around and passionate about collaboration and he said it's interesting that when we compare Australian businesses typically in comparison to overseas businesses, Australia seems to be somewhat averse to collaborating I don't know whether it's oh, I want to keep my information to myself or that kind of thing but of course you know Business Women Australia is doing that already so well with its corporate partners already and the fact that you're collaborating with you know with Jennifer and yourself what are some key things that you have either put into place maybe it's a mindset thing that helps you then go out look for collaboration partners and of course once you do come into agreement with them make sure that it's a win-win for all 
Yeah, great question. And it's it's not one that I've really pondered, but when I think about it, my whole journey in business has been around strategic alliances. Hmm. Even when I was in, you know, I was general manager of a tech company for a short period of time. And in that year, you know, we set up some amazing strategic alliances that really got them positioned very well. When I was with the various accounting and law firms, setting up a strategic alliance with other businesses that were in a non-competitive environment that were um, still looking at solving problems for the same target market worked Mm -hmm. really well. You know, I think if you've got the mindset that together we're stronger and it makes it more fun too, working with people you like, you Mm -hmm. know, it's it's actually really great fun. (laughs) Um, So I think that drives me as much as anything. I love people. I I, I don't think I've ever met anyone that hasn't been an interesting person in my life. And, uh, you know, I've always loved people and I've come from the country. I've got a very very sort of country mindset so is Jen she still lives in the country she's she lives on a horse farm south of of Bunbury yeah and you know she spends a lot of time on the road coming backwards and forwards and in planes going across across the country but I think it is a mentality I think together you're stronger is is very much a mentality where you're looking at the world with an abundance view yes and also you recognize that your own limitations are such that you can't possibly be doing better on your own than what you could be doing with others Mm. so I'm a huge advocate for alliances collaborations partnerships getting together and nutting things out together it's great fun and it has such a cool outcome you know it's far better and bigger than anything I could ever come up with on my own For sure. And I think one of the key things that you've mentioned there is the fact that you have come together. There's a common goal. There's a common, you know, set of values that are very important. And I think that's one of the key things. If you've got very different values, that could be something that could possibly or potentially, um, you know, cause the the collaboration to, to, to shift. But I think absolutely. And one of the key things that I heard, and this is going back to this gentleman that um, we were talking about, the collaborations, said overseas what they're finding is is that the new competitive edge are going to be the companies that do collaborate because no one can be an expert in in across many different things and so there may be opportunities to collaborate with partners who bring a completely different skill set and expertise to the table and as you said together far more stronger far able to to deliver exceptional uh, service offerings product offerings to a client base that you just would not be able to deliver were it just for you know working on your own well that's us to a t and our um you know part of our strategic uh, journey has been identifying women like you, Anne Marie, and um, and our other premium and diamond members that are coming on board to be our knowledge experts, to be our service providers, to work with us under the Business Women Australia brand, mm. so that we become really known as that collective that is where you can go and you know that all the hard work's been done in choosing the right provider. You know, that we've got the best of the best women. I always say cream rises to the top, Jen. Don't worry, we'll find that person. You know, if there's someone we, we just can't get in a, in a certain specialist area, they will find us if yes. we can't find them. And, you know, it's a great dream to have this amazing organisation that is built on a lean canvas, 
that these women don't need to be employees but we can work together and create a brand where people can come and it's a magnet for success mm. and it sounds it sounds like a great formula and I think it, it, it is definitely a formula that I'm seeing a lot of businesses going down that line where it's about collaborating with really awesome people and creating collectives where you know you join forces and and you really do power together to solve you know the problems of a shared market sector what i really love about this too is that many of these women or these women really are doing exceptional things within their industry yet you know and you've heard that term before i'm sure uh lynn that tall poppy syndrome that just doesn't exist it's like you know what that's let's embrace each other's you know expertise and let's work together and collaborate so you don't have any issue with ego or that kind of thing and when when you have that equality there the things that you can achieve are just incredible the opportunity who knows where this could end up well you know what it'll end up it'll end up with more women in leadership roles it'll end up with more more success for small businesses led by women it'll end up with more girls choosing to strive for business roles and leadership roles and setting up their own businesses I mean women women are really coming on board and now we've got the women joining and starting up businesses what we want to do is make sure that they've got the best chance for that success so how do they find out more if someone is just listening today and has only for the first time heard about business women australia what's the best thing that they can do and how can they get in contact with you well, the best place to start is have a look at our website, www.businesswomenaustralia.com.au. And there is so much information on there, it's possibly overwhelming. <laughs> if you're finding that navigating through all that information is too much, then connect with me on LinkedIn, connect with Jennifer Rose Bryant, our founder and managing director on LinkedIn, or any of our team members. We have a team page. Drop us an email. And we'll organise for a phone chat. Very happy to have a talk to whoever's interested in being uh, part of the collective. One of the best things to do is come along to an event. Um, You'll have a look at our calendar of events. There's some fabulous educational topics, leadership topics, business growth topics, panel events. There's flagship events and there's online opportunities as well. So please have a look at that and come along. The best way to get an understanding of whether or not you think this is an organisation you want to be a part of, then the best thing to do is come and experience us. Like you did, Amory, come along to a circle event and see how different it is. Yes. And then make a decision about what level you want to join at. And we do have different levels of membership. For those who want to put their toe in the water and just come along to events and and soak up all the knowledge and meet amazing people. Then start at the entry level, which is a classic level membership. If you're a knowledge expert and you're looking for us to help you build your brand and build your profile and you wanna be a part of our program of educational events or be on a panel, then join at a premium level. And that's a really great place for you to build, build your brand and build your profile. Yeah, certainly is. Look, thank you so much, Lynn, for coming on the show. It has been a pleasure. Uh, and of course, uh, this is just the beginning. We're going to feature, and you probably come back on the show as well. We'll be speaking to Jennifer soon. And of course, having other thought leaders come to the program as well. Is there any last last things that you want to leave with us before we finish the show? 
Oh, just have lots of fun doing what you're doing and uh, following your why. There you go. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. To find out more about Business Women Australia and how you can become part of this dynamic collective of leaders and learners so you can gain the knowledge and skills that will enable you to succeed in business, just go to www.businesswomenaustralia.com.au. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks, Anne-Marie.